If you're like me, then you agree that it is never too early to talk about the upcoming football season, despite it still being a ways away. On today's episode of the Locked On Global Podcast, we're going to discuss Louisville receiving a ton of early 2024 preseason ACC love, while also explaining why the Cardinals will be a trendy pick to win the ACC next season. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And as always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Lockdown Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. As I mentioned in the opener, the Cardinals receiving some early ACC love ahead of the 2024 season. National college football writer from 247sports.com, Brad Crawford, delivered his ACC power rankings. We'll talk about the Cardinals ranking at number two in that list and how they might be a trendy pick to win the ACC ahead of next season. We'll also talk about Jermaine Lolay returning to Jeff Brom's defensive line while wrapping the show up with yet another Monday mailbag. So, ton of football talk. It's never too early, and it is one of those situations to where if you are a fan of the Locked on Global podcast, you're going to hear about football all year long. And truthfully, I'm not sorry. It is a great time to be a Louisville fan, and – if you were expecting this to be a one-season wonder, I would caution you to get out of that line of thinking. Many would wonder what the national perception is going to be of the program after the three-game losing skid to end the season. And this is just one writer. Take this you know, with a grain of salt because it's one writer, but nationally um, you know, recognized College football writer Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports, been writing for them since 2015, has been releasing his early 2024 conference rankings. He had an SEC rankings a little while ago, SEC quarterback rankings. He just released an article at the end of last week titled ACC Power Rankings for 2024 FSU, Louisville, Miami, the Early Front Runners." I don't think it's going to be a situation to where, <coughs> excuse me, the Cardinals are viewed at as a dark horse in 2024, like they were in 2023 when Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina were the three schools that were viewed at as the favorites. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be the favorite. I think that that's for Florida State. And Brad sort of echoes that sentiment as well. But what was going to be talked about for certain more than they were in 2023? Brad's um, rankings. I feel like we're pretty similar to the way that I viewed him. The top five, Clemson at number five, NC State at number four, Miami at number three, Louisville at number two, Florida State at number one. This is Brad's rationale behind putting the Cardinals at number two. He says, and I quote, the Cardinals aren't sneaking up on anyone in 2024 after a 10-win season and appearance in the ACC championship game under Jeff Brom. The Cardinals signed the ACC second best transfer class in 2024 with 26 players overall, a portal heavy roster. 
the coaching staff was able to essentially turn over in one cycle. The latest commit is Tennessee edge Tyler Barron, a top-end pass rusher who was committed to Ole Miss for a month before flipping his decision. Louisville has more than a dozen other transfers from Power 5 schools who could be immediate starters. Granted, I agree with everything that um, that Crawford said. And I do want to reiterate that this is just one writer that is saying this. And you can't take this as gospel because it's one writer who's giving his opinion. But I don't think that this is going to be a trend that is short-lived. You're going to see more and more people sort of use this transfer portal class as a vehicle to push their narrative that is Louisville could be contending for a playoff spot in 2024. I think it's definitely possible, especially with the players that they've added. Um, You know, the transfer portal class, the only thing that I would disagree about with Crawford's article is that it's not the second best ACC class, in my opinion. It's the number one class, but at this point, it is what it is. It's all based upon opinion, but it sort of reveals an underlying trend that we've been discussing. And I think that is that the Cardinals will be a popular pick, not only to contend for the ACC, but also to be in contention for a playoff spot. Now, people will doubt the ACC all they will. I really can't fault them for doing so with the way that the conference sort of folded at the end of the year with the way Louisville ended the season. Whatever you want to make of that um, Orange Bowl game between Georgia and Florida State, the ACC stock in terms of national perception, it it probably couldn't be much lower at this point. It probably hasn't been as low as it has ever in the past 10 years since the Cardinals have been a part of this conference, but I'm not here to talk about how the rest of the country views the ACC. We're talking about where Louisville fills out in the hierarchy of the 2024 season. I think Florida State's probably going to be, you know, your bona fide number one team. It would make sense. With the guys that they have coming in, very solid transfer portal. Um, DJU is back in the ACC. It's going to look very different from last year. I don't think it is penciled in that Florida State is going to win the conference. I think, honestly, it's wide open. You don't have to play Florida State in the regular season. You don't play North Carolina. And I think that there's an opportunity here for Louisville to, once again, get to the ACC championship game. We talked about the portal additions, and that plays a large role in what they're going to want to do um, next season. And then you also look at the 2024 schedule, which, again, offers a ton of opportunity because you escape Florida State for the first time since joining the conference. You don't have to play um, NC State, which I think NC State is really going to surprise a good amount of people this upcoming season. (coughs) You don't have North Carolina either. Clemson is back on the schedule, however, and it's not going to be an easy game. You're at Clemson. It's going to be tough. And... You're escaping a good amount of teams. Most of the teams on Louisville's schedule were sort of in the back half of the power rankings from Brad Crawford. Like I said, hard to look at this as gospel with it just being one person delivering his opinion on the ACC power rankings. And it's also very early. It's January 22nd. You have to sort of look at things, you know, with a disclaimer saying that, hey, look, it is really, really early. 
there's no uh, telling what's going to happen in terms of injuries. Guys could end up entering the portal. There's still going to be a lesser wave, but still a wave nonetheless. Uh, portal entries, there's going to be guys that enter the portal from Louisville. Hopefully not any um, difference makers. But scholarship numbers indicate that the Cardinals have to get to a certain scholarship number, and that's going to require multiple players transferring out. So it's still early. And that's sort of the drawback of talking about the upcoming football season in January is that you run the risk of, you know, talking about things prematurely before a major development, a top player entering the portal, a guy having an unfortunate injury. You know what I mean? But I think it's worth talking about because I want to paint the picture of what this offseason is going to look like for Louisville. What the objective is that you're working for in 2024, the position battles, which if you paid attention to the last show, if you've tuned into that show, appreciate it first of all, but um, just goes to show you that there's a couple position battles to look at, some of the main storylines, the players to watch for. It all joins together in the discussion of sort of getting everyone to a spot to where you know what's at stake in 2024. And you could have that conversation in January. You could have that conversation in May. I don't, I don't give a damn. I'm going to have it in January because it is an exciting time to be a Louisville football fan. And there's a lot of momentum from the transfer portal. And there's already some pretty notable discussions being had. And I think it's time to, you know, go ahead and set the table for 2024. I think you can do that. I think you can set the table. Setting the table is contending for a playoff spot. It's contending to get back to the ACC championship game, which Brad Crawford highlights 100% again is a possibility, even maybe more so of a possibility 2024 ahead of the year than, than it was in 2023 preseason. So, Pretty different offseason, a little bit of a different dynamic. You have yet another impressive transfer portal class of guys that are going to be immediately impactful for the team. You have some returning players. You have another year of continuity in this system and in this scheme that I think is going to prove to be extremely beneficial for this team. But make no mistake about it, the Cardinals will continue to receive preseason love, not only through the transfer portal, which they have, people are talking about the transfer portal, but now that's going to trickle into predictions for 2024. And I think it's a good conversation to have to sort of begin to discuss, you know, the preseason spring practice, which will start before you know it and more. So um, a lot of big time news, a lot of good news for the football program. Pretty recent too. another recent piece of news that the Cardinals got that is beneficial for next year. Jermaine Lillet is back for this defensive line. We'll talk about why it's critical that he returned on the next segment of the show. We'll do that after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is long over. In fact, we are almost to Super Bowl Sunday, just a couple weeks away after we play the conference championship games. But look, there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. 
New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays, the new Explore tab shows popular bets. The Parlay Hub is my favorite way to find popular parlays that I utilize. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to check out all of the neat opportunities and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Cardinal fans, a reminder that Locked On launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Some big news to start the weekend for the Cardinals. Jermaine Lole just a couple days ago announced that he will be returning for his final year of collegiate eligibility to the Cardinals program. Um, it has been a roller coaster year for the transfer from Arizona State. Spent his, spent his first three seasons uh, in college uh, in Tempe, Arizona, playing for Arizona State. Had a very, very solid career there. And was a guy that many people thought in the draft circles he could potentially go the NFL draft rather than entering the um, transfer portal and going elsewhere. He ends up uh, betting on himself going into the transfer portal. Unfortunately, 2022 season was dealing with injuries. And 2021, he dealt with injuries 2022 also dealt with injuries, um, had a shoulder injury that sidelined him for the entirety of the season. Main thing in 2023 was staying healthy, and he did that. Um, however, he only um, had overall 19 total tackles, had one forced fumble, one and a half sacks, two pass deflections. He played in a pretty, pretty balanced rotation with Jared Dawson, Des Tell, and some other interior defensive line guys. But I think that bringing Olay back for this season is, number one, good for him and good for the Cardinals. Now, you could say career clock. You know, he's another year older. His first season in college football was back in 2018, so he will be one of the oldest players on the team. But I think that this is a season to where he can have, with a solid slate of health, a year that was reminiscent of his days at Arizona State. Will he have 71 tackles and six and a half sacks like he did in 2019? Probably not, but I would say that I could say him getting, I could see him getting over 30 tackles, having two to three, maybe even more sacks, and having a solid last year in college where he's able to build up some of that draft stock to prove that, hey, look, I deserve and belong in the NFL on Sundays. Um, the six foot three, 310 pound native of Long Beach, California. There's no talent, or there's no uh, debate that he's extremely talented. It's a matter of finding his fit in the scheme and also being able to stay healthy. I feel like one of the main storylines or main mantras that we talk about on this show is that the best ability is availability. And if he's able to stay healthy, there's no doubt that he's one of the best interior players for the Cardinals to where he will at the very least be a rotational depth guy 
this upcoming season. Personally, for me, I think he is in line to be a possible starter. You have Thor Griffith. You have Jared Dawson. You have Destel. You have Jordan Gerrard. Five guys right there that will contend for starting level snaps. I think at the end of the year, we saw Tell play a larger role. Um, had four tackles, half a sack against Florida State. Had three tackles against USC. Played a larger role for the Cardinals as the season went on. And I think that that bodes well for sort of the foreshadowing of what's to come for Lole in 2024. I'm happy that he's back. It sucked that he dealt with injury early on because I truly felt like he was a guy that <coughs> right after the 2022 season, if he was going to be held, if he was healthy, he could have played his way into the NFL draft was a highly regarded transfer that the Cardinals got his commitment out of the portal. And I, along with, Many other people were very, very excited for because of the potential to rush the passer from the interior and also defend the run. I think of the guys on the team, it is very possible that he is the best overall balanced defensive tackle in terms of rushing, rushing the passer. I cannot speak today. Rushing the passer and defending the run. So... At the very least, I think you're going to see a situation to where Lole factors into the two deep. Best case scenario, he is able to stay fully healthy. He starts for this team, and he has a very, very good 2024 campaign, plays himself into NFL draft circles once again, and is able to get drafted. So overall, very good news for this defense that has been getting a ton of good news. You have the returns of Ashton Gelati, Quincy Riley, two veteran guys. But you also can't – I understand that Lole's announcement might not necessarily be as um, wildly regarded, highly regarded as Gelati's or Riley's, and that's understandable because Riley and Gelati were you know, just all ACC-level guys. But I would caution you to over – look this too much because Lole is going to play a key role in Mark Ivey's defense, especially for a run defense that put a ton of solid work into the rushing defense. And for a team that needs to get better pass rush, not only from the edge, but from the interior, having a healthy Jermaine Lole is going to help you get to that level. Having Thor Griffith, having Jordan Gerard is going to help as well. Returning Des Tell and Jared Dawson will assist too. But bringing jo Jermaine Lowey back is sort of more icing on the cake for Jeff Brom's defense because you're pushing your chips to the center of the table. You're going all in. Now, I'm not saying that this is a one-time thing, a one-year thing to where 2025 is going, they're going to struggle. But it's hard to imagine a better scenario for this team in the offseason realistically. If you would have told me that the team would have returned three of Gelati, Lole, Brownlee, and Riley, I would have said, sign me up every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. And this is the combination of the three that we are getting, and it's extremely solid. And you have a solid pass rusher, you have your CB1, and you have a disruptive interior defensive lineman that, you know, the interior sort of gets overlooked because of Gelati, because of the guys in the secondary 
talk about Tyler Barron. You talk about some of the edge rushers, some of the linebackers. The interior is going to be a pivotal part of this defense moving forward, and Lole is going to play a solid piece to that puzzle. So great news for the Cardinals. Jermaine Lole is back. Great news for the defense. But to conclude the show, we'll put football aside for the moment because there will be some football questions in the mailbag and dive into a Monday mailbag segment of the show. Thanks for everyone for tuning in to the Locked On Mobile podcast today. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Throughout the week, we're going to talk football, basketball. Um, basketball will host Duke on Tuesday, looking to try to snap a three-game losing streak. Um, football, the schedule is released on Wednesday, so we will have a reaction to that and more. Um, so a lot of good stuff to talk about on the remainder of the week. But for the remainder of the show, however, I want to thank everyone that um, – Put some questions into the mailbag. Number one, this is a question that was asked multiple times. And um, let's just go ahead and get into it. What do you think about Kenny Payne starting Zan Payne against Wake Forest? Um, It was certainly a decision. I'm not going to act like I know as much as a coaching staff, but um, I understand that you have guys hurt. You know, J.J. Trainer, Dennis Evans, not playing for Louisville, uh, trainer out for the year. Dennis Evans won't be suiting up for the Cardinals for the remainder of his career. Um, Emmanuel Corfor has been dealing with some injury issues. But even if you had injuries to the front court, I still would have gone with a smaller lineup considering that Zan is listed at 6'5". And um, start Curtis Williams or start the two guards, Johnson and Tyler – or. Tyler Johnson and Sky Clark together, like you've done multiple times. I don't really agree with starting a guy who averaged 0.2 points per game for his career um, for the past four years in a game that you really need to show that that momentum can carry over. And it didn't help that he played 17 minutes and didn't record a single statistic outside of a foul. Uh, I feel bad for Zan. I think that he was thrown into a situation to where um wasn't really fair to him. But I I think that that might have been one of the most one of the more mind boggling decisions so far that we've seen um, from the coaching staff. But I I saw it and I sort of had the same reaction as a good amount of the fan base saying, "Wait, am I seeing this right?" So with the loss against Wake Forest, um, it seems like all the momentum is out the window. What can Louisville do to salvage the season? I mean, at this point, you're what six and eleven, six and twelve. I think you're currently at. Like I said, it, it, the season gets a little bit easier in February. But <clears throat> excuse me, you have Duke and Virginia at home this week. Those are going to be two challenging games. You have at Clemson. You could very well start. Uh, I, I think that there's a good chance that you could start February at six and 15. And at that point you can pretty much win out and probably still won't make the tournament. So salvaging the season for me is, I mean, getting to the tournament personally, I know others have lesser expectations, but those are my expectations every single season for global basketball is to make the NCAA tournament Um, to salvage the season. It seems like honestly, at this point it's kind of unsalvageable and you lose by 25 points and sure that there was some momentum. The team was looking improved, but I mentioned you can look improved. You have 
to win games. So doesn't matter what you look like on the court if you don't win games because there's not an asterisk next to the results saying looked better than we have. It still goes down as a loss. So that is the um, issue with losing early non-conference games that you can show improvement in the second half of the year, but it's not going to matter much if you don't win the game. So for me, I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, unless you turn it around and win all but three games for the rest of the year, you make the NCAA tournament, or at the very least you go 500 and turn things around pretty significantly. I'm not sure how the season can realistically be salvaged. Um, that's enough basketball talk. There is a couple of football questions. Number one, is Louisville done adding guys in the portal? Pretty straight to the point. I appreciate that. At the moment, I feel like they're over on scholarships, so players are going to have to exit the team, going to have to enter the portal. I think that, you know, there's probably going to be an opportunity to add maybe one to two more guys, maybe even three. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. Wow. Really, truly, depending on how many players enter the portal from this team heading into spring practice or, you know, around that area. So main thing for me is focusing on how many departures the team has. So another football question, the schedule is coming out in 2000 or the, the 2024 schedule is coming out on Wednesday. What road game do you think is going to be the game that trips people up the most? I would assume you mean um, what uh, is going to be, the most dangerous road game. I, I think that that's a very, very reasonable question. Um, I mean, you look at the 2024 schedule and the road games are tougher than they were this past year. Now, two of the road games are technically out of conference games at, at Notre Dame, at Kentucky. If you're asking strictly conference, um, Clemson's going to be tough. There's only three conference road games or I'm sorry four at Stanford at Virginia at Clemson at Boston College Virginia Stanford probably going to be two of the worst teams in the ACC again Boston College might be decent but I think it's probably at Clemson's going to be your toughest conference game on the road by far and it's a tough place to win Louisville has not beaten them since joining the ACC and I think that they're going to be more respectable in 2024 than they were in 2023. So I'm going to go Clemson here. I'm going to go a little bit further and, and tell you who I'm worrying about the most in the ACC. That is SMU. I think SMU, despite that being a home game, it's a game that not many people are looking at because of the unfamiliarity with the Mustangs program. Um, Rhett Lashley has really got that program to a solid spot. They had a very successful season and I think ultimately they're going to have a good 2024 year as well. So could be a team sort of like a Duke in 2023 where they started out really hot and then sort of fizzled out at the end when Riley Leonard got hurt. But different playing styles, but in terms of recognition, um, catching the nation by storm early on is what I think SMU could do, sort of like Duke did this past season. So road game, I'm going to go Clemson. Home game, I'm going to go SMU. So schedule will be released on Wednesday, I believe, the 24th. But that is going to wrap up today's episode of the show. A um, couple of scheduling Topics that we're going to talk about throughout the upcoming week, weeks. We're going to talk about the players to watch for 
ahead of spring practice for the football team. We're going to talk about the basketball action. We'll talk about the schedule release. Um, obviously, any breaking news we will discuss. Any uh, major developments across you know any sports we will discuss. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So on and so forth. We'll talk about main storylines in the spring. But if there's a topic that you want discussed, now is the time. Um, to suggest it with sort of the lull in news at the moment with the portal sort of settling down, basketball struggling. If there's a topic that you want me to discuss, we'll talk about Lamar Jackson and his NFL success in the playoffs this year and more. So be sure to drop a comment in the YouTube section below. Thanks again for tuning in to this edition of the Locked On Global Podcast. We'll see you right back here very soon.